0: Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. Our, um, in our final week of this series God never said that we've been looking at it this month um, this series we've been, we've been looking at some of the common myths that we believe about God and you know in some situations uh, where someone is going through maybe a tough time or they're hurting in some way there's some really common statements that we make to them that, that they sound good honestly but if you were to search the Bible You wouldn't find them anywhere in there. So week one, we looked at the statement that God just wants you to be happy. Um, Plot twist, that's not his priority. Anyway, uh, by the way, if you miss any of these messages, you can go back to our podcast. You can go back on our website, and you can listen to all of them on demand. um, And you can even pick up some message notes from the back and follow along and take notes while you listen to it. Um, So week one was, God just wants you to be happy. Week two, we looked at the statement that God won't give you more than you can handle. And then last week, Brett preached a great message on the statement, follow your heart. Follow your heart. So again, if you missed any of those, you can listen to them on our podcast, um, and I encourage you to take notes while you do it. Uh, Next week, we're going to start a two-week mini-series called Legacy where we're going to be looking at how we can use the resources that God has given us to really leave an impact and a legacy in our world long after we're gone. So uh, come to that. And then, like like I talked about earlier, November 19th, we're going to have... Three weeks of quite possibly the most fun series of, uh, at least last year, um, at the movies. And uh, this is a great time to invite your friends and your family. You know, the reason we do it is because Jesus would actually uh, use topics that were applicable um, to to the current environment, to the current culture. He would look at things that they could connect with and then he would turn it and he would tell what's called a parable. And it would relate to something that they would know. And so we're really just trying to do a spin of that. That we're going to take something that you're familiar with. But I'd like to spin it in a way that maybe you've never thought of it like that before. Is that my beard making that noise? Yeah. So uh, y'all come out and, and, uh, and enjoy that. Bring somebody with you. We're going to take a, a page out of Jesus' book no pun intended, and we're going to use these movies. That was better than y'all laughed, okay? That was funnier than you laughed. But we're going to use these movies to illustrate some life-changing concepts for you and for your friends and family. And like I said, K-5 through kids are going to be having their own at-the-movies experience in kids' church. Um, They're going to be watching movies that are on their level and uh, probably like Pixar kind of stuff and seeing how they can... um, Also, grow closer to God um, through those concepts. You're not going to regret it if you come and bring somebody with you. You know, there's this big thing that that people love to say sometimes when it comes to spirituality. I've heard it over and over, honestly, a lot of it from people in Hollywood, and when they get put on the fence, maybe about religion, or um, they're, they're expressing themselves, and I'm sure they have good intentions, honestly, they're trying to not exclude people, but what happens is they make this statement, or some variation of it, they make the statement, it doesn't matter what you believe, like, uh, or, or maybe, uh, it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe in something, Or you might have heard this one that, well, really, all roads lead to God in the end. It it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you believe something. I'm not going to call any uh, names out um, or anything. I ain't that dumb. But I have heard multiple um, A-list Hollywood celebrities use these. Uh, these statements, um, in fact, one of, one of them, don't know if you know who she is, but uh, maybe she still is, maybe she's not, was actually the richest woman in the world at one point. Um, the most powerful woman in the world. Um, I'm not going to say any more. But, uh, but, you know, many of us would love to believe that idea. We would love to believe the concept that in everyone's journey, we have to find God for ourselves. And we would love to believe that no matter where we searched, if we lived good, God would see it. And he would reward us by letting us in those great big pearly gates one day. Like all roads would actually lead to heaven as long as we live a good Life for. Uh, I, would, I would love it if, if the people that I know in life I could say, well, they, they lived a good life, so certainly they made it to heaven. But there's a couple issues with this statement and this idea that it doesn't matter what you believe. The first being this that that's not in the Bible. <laughs> It's not. It's it's not anywhere in the book that we as Christians declare to be our ultimate written authority of our religion. It's not in there. You can't find it. And, and the second problem is this: that the statement that this the, the, that statement makes the kingdom of heaven accessible to anyone with no intentionality in their life. Like, what I mean is that it implies that people can just wander into the right faith. You just stumble into it. And and that's completely against the natural state of mankind. I don't know if you guys realize this, but since Adam and Eve committed the first sin against God, our natural unredeemed state now, mankind always defaults to drifting away from God rather than drawing towards Him. Like, think about it. Have you ever felt closer to God when you weren't trying to be close to Him? I can answer that 100% of the time. When, When I quit intentionally seeking God, I always end up feeling further from Him. I never feel closer. The drift never happens together. It always happens apart. You don't just wander onto the right path in life, Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. It'll be on the screens if you don't have a Bible today. That's okay. Um, he said it like this. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many people enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Jesus is saying that the way to life, the way to discovering true life is not stumbled upon. That, that, that those that find true life are those that are intentionally looking for it. The, the large gate and the broad path, they're easy to find. They're easy to spot, but they're always going to lead to a life of destruction, of pain, of hurt, of death. But if you're looking, you can spot a small gate and a narrow path on your, on, in your life's journey that's going to lead to life. But the difference between destruction and life is intentional pursuit. So the statement that all roads lead to God could not be further from the truth. There is only one road that leads to God. And let me tell you this, the one road that leads to life It isn't through trying harder. It isn't through living a a better life. It isn't through doing more good than bad. It isn't at all dependent upon your performance in life. The only way to find true life is to search and pursue. The statement that it doesn't matter what you believe, it completely lets us off the hook of having any kind of intentional lifestyle, any kind of responsibility at all. It dismisses us from from the accountability of life. Because, hey, whatever path you choose is going to end up finding, you're going to end up finding the right prize at the end. So what does it matter what path you walk? You know, it's fall time. All right, I got my vest on. I'm really sweating today because I thought it was going to be a lot colder than it was. Um, but I can't take it off now because I'm soaked. <laughs> so that would be awkward. Like, just, <laughs> but it's fall time. And so it's like pumpkin patch season. Where my white girl's at? Orchard season. Oh, Where my white girl's at? Just... Good time. Good, good thing we don't have our cameras set up yet. Um... Yeah. Catch that one on camera. They caught a really awkward moment on camera last week. Uh, just, the kids are enjoying it today. They printed it out and put it on a kid's bus box and whatever. <laughs> who really runs this place? You know what I mean? Like, who? Anyway, off my soapbox. It's fall time. Pumpkin patch season. Orchard season. And, and one of the attractions that I always like to do when we get to one of them is the corn maze. The corn maze, and I'll tell you why I like to do it, because honestly, I like to run ahead of the pack, and then I'll hide in the corn, and then they'll come by, and I'll scare them, and I do it two or three times every corn maze. Like, (laughs) I don't stop at one. We did not go to a corn maze this year, and I don't understand why. Just, whatever. But one thing about the corn maze, if you're gonna find your way out, there is a right path, and there is a wrong path. that wrong path is going to lead in a dead end and probably a little muddy area over there. But there is always a right path. And, and, And if you take the wrong turns, if you consistently take the wrong turns, it's never going to lead you to the exit. Like if you make enough wrong turns, you don't just end up coming out on the right side. It doesn't work like that. The same goes with life. Jesus is telling us this principle in Matthew 7. He's clearly defining that all roads do not, in fact, lead to God, that it does matter what you believe. God is the one that gets to define to us how we find Him. We don't just get to determine that, that we're going we're gonna to find Him if we stumble around in the dark long enough. Timothy Keller, he's a great Bible scholar and apologist. Um, He passed away earlier this year. Incredible man. But he was quoted as saying this. He, He says that if your God never disagrees with you, you might just be worshiping an idealized version of yourself. Like God gets to determine to us how we're supposed to pursue him, how we're supposed to seek him. And stumbling around long enough is not somewhere in the Bible. When it comes to pursuing and finding God, God makes the rules on how we do it, and he wants us to do it intentionally. Which brings me to my first point this morning, is that this, the the kingdom of God must be searched for. It must be searched for. The kingdom of God is not something that can be stumbled upon. If if you want to find the true way to life, it requires action on our part. It requires actually looking for it. This actually places responsibility on each person's shoulders. That's why... Each person is going to stand before God and give an account of their life because he's put a responsibility and an accountability on each person's shoulders that you don't get to find life because grandma found it. You don't get to find life because grandma prayed a lot for you. You only get to find life if you are searching for it. If you want to figure out more, if there's more out there, God is clear that it will require searching for it. Jesus says it like this in Matthew chapter 13, verses 45 through 46. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all he had and bought it. This merchant was out in search of fine pearls, he was searching for it. And he came across, when he came across this pearl of the greatest value, he was intentionally searching for the value in life. And the kingdom of God is like that. In order to find this greatest value in life, the, the, the kingdom of heaven, you're going to have to be searching for it. I've never played a game of hide and seek and won the game by just sitting around... <laughs> and waiting for everyone to come to me. I mean, surely if you wait long enough, they'll get bored and probably go home, but but I've never won the game by just sitting around. And if you're sitting here today, and you have a question, if God is real, or if the Christian God is the actual creator of life, you're never gonna find your answer by just sitting around and saying that you wish you could discover the meaning of life. It's gonna no. It's gonna take a little bit of action from you, and let me tell you, if you don't know if you're not a if you're not a Christian here, you're welcome to be here as long as you want, because we'll help you search. We'd love to. We'd love to sit here and help you search, because I can point you in some right directions. If you just if you just go on this journey. With us, It's going to take a little bit of action for you though because you have to be searching for truth to find truth. But the amazing thing is this, that you're always going to find what you're looking for. Number two, if, if you search for God, you will find him. If you search for God, you will find him. This is God's promise. That if you're searching today... If you you search for God, he promises that you will find him. This is something that many atheists just aren't getting right. And I can speak to it because I was one of them. They they have a hard time believing in God. And they'll make the statement that, well, you know what? If God's real, he's just going to show himself to me. He's going to have to prove himself to me. But the principle is this. That God shows himself to those who search for him, not those who just wander and wonder. God shows himself to those who are searching for him. Jeremiah 29 uh, verse 13 says that God says, You will seek me and find me. But there's a qualifier statement here. You will, the promise is you'll seek me and find me, but the qualifier is this, that you have to seek me with all your heart. God says, I'm here and I'm waiting. And I promise I'm, I, will, I will let you find me when you're looking. But the qualifier is you have to be looking and you have to be looking like you mean it. With all your heart. If you're searching today and, and, and you're searching with all of your heart, God promises that you will find him. That's why I can stand up here confidently saying that, that, listen, God is not afraid of your doubt. He's not. You have questions about Christianity? God's not afraid of that. He welcomes it. Because he'll prove himself to you if you just wholeheartedly search for him. If you're searching for God this morning, let me make this statement to you, and I hope that you hold on to this, that God wants you to find him. Like, he's not, he's not hiding from you. God is hiding for you. You know, Cassie and I, we, we get to be the cool uh, uncle and aunt, to I, I call myself cool, okay? Yes, but... I think it's cool. Uh, my nieces and nephews might disagree. I don't know. But Cassie and I, we get to be the, the cool aunt and uncle to so many, I swear, it seems like we have a million uh, nieces and nephews. Every year Christmas is like, uh, one more present, you know? Like just, I don't have any more money. I don't. But we love to spoil we love to spoil our nieces and nephews, and, and we love to play with them, and, and a few of them are pretty young, like in their toddler years, right, and, and, and it's really fun in those years when they start playing games with you. Like, have you ever played hide and seek with a three-year-old? <laughs> you're missing out if you've not. So it, it's the most fun, honestly, if, if you're the seeker, it's such an easy game. Like, you will feel so good about yourself at the end. Because what happens, like you count down from 30 and you start searching around and you probably look around and you see some signs of them hiding. Like maybe some feet sticking out from behind the couch or like the curtains are like moving, you know. And uh, uh, they, they like they would be, they would be horrible Navy SEALs, you know. <laughs> Our country would be in some real trouble. Um, but, but, You know, here's where it gets really easy Is that when you get close And you start to hear it Because they start giggling (laughs) It's like a nervous giggle But they're like (laughs) It's it's great And they start giving it And they just give up their hiding spot When you're looking for them And they they just pop out And they say, here I am Like, that's not the game (laughs) But okay (laughs) Why do they do that? Because in reality, they aren't hiding to stay away from you. They're hiding, but truthfully, they want you to find them. Listen, God wants you to find Him. So once you start searching for Him, there are going to be some clues, and there are going to be some signs that are going to help you find Him if you're paying attention. God makes himself very known to those who truly seek him and then finally this is the the last point if we're looking at this statement that it doesn't matter what you believe and we find it false this is the statement with the most authority of why we do um, the, the third point is this that, that Jesus, this man named Jesus, the Son of God, is the only way to heaven. He's the only way. This idea that all roads lead to God was completely demolished when Jesus makes this statement in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus answered this He said, I am the way. And the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus, but don't all roads lead to life? No. There's one road that leads to life, and it's through me. It's through me. That's it. That's the, that's the final say. Jesus makes a declarative statement. That there is no other way. There are no other roads that lead to heaven outside of him. It doesn't matter. Like, like, it doesn't matter if you believe that all roads lead to God. Because it does matter what you believe. It does matter what you believe. La- you know, last weekend, a few of us took a trip to the Ark Encounter in Williamstown. And let me tell you, it was just an incredible experience like if you have never been I highly highly recommend going in fact we're looking to take a trip another trip closer to December I'll tell you guys when because uh, we're going to go look at the Christmas lights and all that stuff anyway but I highly recommend going and uh, if you don't know what the Ark Encounter is it's an actual uh, replica of the ark that God commanded Noah to build in the book of Genesis, and this ark is built to the actual dimensions that God commanded Noah to build his ark, like, it's life-sized. So we, so we, we get to this place and we walk up, like, you're, you can see it from a distance, you're like, man, that's pretty big, but when you walk up to it, like, this is incredible, it's massive, Like, so much larger than all of those nursery books illustrate, right? They got, like, one lion, one elephant, and a giraffe, and there's a bird flying around. Like, it's so much bigger than that. In fact, it was 510 feet long, like, close to two football fields long. It's 85 feet wide. It's 51 feet tall. It's just massive, and it's incredible to stand next to it and, and think that this was built before heavy machinery. Like Noah built one of these before machinery was even, like heavy machinery was even thought about. Now if you look at the story of Noah in the book of Genesis, everybody I'm sure has heard of you know, the story of Noah's Ark. If not, it's, it's in the book of Genesis. And uh, if you want to read about it, let's talk. Uh, I'll show you where it is. But if you look at the story of Noah in the book of Genesis, you'll see that the ark that God asks Noah to build, it represents something. It represents salvation to Noah and his family. It, it represents them getting rescued from this world. The, the ark represents rescue. it represents salvation. And on this ark, on this ark, there's this, this huge door. Like it's, it's, it's bigger than these roll doors. It's just, it's huge. And and it's this big door that Noah and his family and all of the animals, they enter the ark through this, this door, but there's only one door on the ark. Like there's only one way in and there's only one way out it has, this has some real significance. Like there is only one door to enter the ark. And so God tells Noah to build this ark. And then once it starts, uh, it gets about to start raining, God, God has Noah and his family get on the ark. Um, in fact, let's read it. Uh, it's in Genesis chapter 7, verses 13 through 16. Because I want you to see this for yourself. On that very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. (laughs) I don't know what I'd do if I was named Ham. Um, Anyway, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, they all entered the ark. And they had with them every wild creature according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with wings. Pairs of all creatures that have the breath of life in them came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals going in were male and female of every living thing as God had commanded Noah. Listen. And then the Lord shut him in. God had Noah and his family and all the ark, uh, the animals enter this ark and he didn't like pull a drawbridge up God shut the door God sealed the door and, and, and like I said this one door has some, some, some when God seals that door it preserved everything inside like, like Noah couldn't mess up one day and accidentally let some water in because he wasn't the one that sealed the door and if the ark represents salvation then the door represents the way to salvation and in John chapter 10 verse 9 Jesus says this he says I am the door I am the door If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved and will go out in and out and find pasture. Jesus says, I am the door. He's making this statement, the way to salvation, the way to rescue is only found through him. There's not multiple avenues that you can pursue and find it. There is only one way on and one way off and it's through Jesus. And if we look back on one of the verses that we started with today, Matthew chapter 7 verse 14, it says this. Listen, but but small is the gate. Small is the door. And narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. The gate is small and the way is narrow but it's not because it's a hard path to take the gate is small and the way is narrow is because there's there's only one there's only one of them this is the only way broad is the way to destruction like you can fit many many ways on this path but narrow is the way narrow is the one way to life listen you can find salvation today but there's only one way in and then once we find it if you know, if you know God in this place today God has now tasked you with the job that you're, you have the same way you take the same way back out into the world you go through Jesus back into the world and you find others to come and join. That's why, that's why um, Jesus says that, that you'll be, if anybody enters by me, he'll be saved and will go in and out. In and out. So once you're saved, now it's time you gotta go out. And it's time for you to recruit more people onto onto this ark, onto this boat, onto this salvation that you found. You took the path. You know how to get there. This is where we had the difference between Noah and his family in Genesis and us today, that Noah only brought his family on command from God. But God tasks us with growing our family. And recruiting more people to join us in our salvation. And listen, that door is still open today. But there is going to be a time, just like God did in Genesis, where He's gonna seal the door. And there's gonna be a day where mankind is not able to access the way to salvation, and it's too late. It won't be until after Jesus returns on the clouds, like you're not going to be able to, to, to sin your way out of this. You're not going to be able to like mess up too bad and you get kicked. Like that's not it. But there's going to be a day when Jesus returns where God is going to grieve because he has to seal the door. And there's going to be people that don't make it in time. But today is not that day. And I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you that today you have access to God. You have access to freedom. You have access to forgiveness. You have access to life. But not every road leads you there. In fact, there's only one path that leads to life. And he has the name of Jesus. He is the door to everything you've ever hoped for and everything you ever need. Only because he gave his life to pay the penalty for your mistakes. Jesus offers you you this life today through him because he's paid for it. He's paid for your life already. But know this. All of your mistakes, because I know, I know that there's someone out there that needs to know God, and here is what you're struggling with. I've done too much. I've gone too far. God will never accept something as dirty as me. God knew about your dirt when he died. He knew about all of it. And and make make no mistake, all of your mistakes can be covered in the forgiveness of Jesus. There is no one too dirty. There is no one too messed up. There is no one that has gone too far. that the Son of God cannot pay the price for you too because He's already paid it. And today He offers you a way to freedom. Today He offers you a way to life. And the way we find it is when we commit ourselves to follow Him as our Savior and as our King. No longer do we go our own way. No longer do we stray down every other path. We find salvation in life when we choose the one man who paid for our sins and we give our lives to Him. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life if you want more information about our church you can check us out online at summitview.online we hope we get to see you on a Sunday very very soon but until then have a great week